faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Okay, so I think it's strange that, well, not strange, but if people actually paid attention, the fact that you make sexual posts is not necessarily indicative of the entirety of you. But I think because people have an interest, it's easier for them to attack it from that angle than to actually think that you are intellectual or that you are deep or that you're not running around in the streets fucking left, right, and center. When you have a small child and you said she's three, yeah, all of your time, especially like how everybody's on lockdown right now, all your time is consumed with your child. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> Very much so. So like you were saying that, you know, if, if it was in fact that you were out fucking all the time, you wouldn't be on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, or if I was, it would be sharing stories, not thoughts. <laughs> oh dear. I, like if if that were my thing, you know, not saying it is, I'm not. But I, you know what's so what's funny, I, I I used to follow somebody maybe like ten years ago, that her whole Twitter handle was telling all of her stories. Not such a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, 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 was, it was like it was like the OnlyFans but story edition before OnlyFans got here. Yes. It was very entertaining. It was like, wow, because she was super detailed, but it was like if 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 Zane had a Twitter, there you go. See, but I like that. So Me too. <laughs> I, I have an OnlyFans as mm-hmm. that's neither here or there. But yeah. one, of the things, <laughs> one of the things that I do is um, I, I'm a big fan of a- ASMR. So I actually yeah. have audio clips. And I told people, like, if you're coming, like, looking for straight fucking and, and cocky and a pum pum type of deal, that's that's not what's on my page. It's a lot of erotic more so and, and, and mentally stimulating. But there's, like, the auditory component as well. So it's like you're listening to sex scenes you know what I mean okay. like, and the, and me talking the person talking and that that kind of engagement but yeah I, I don't know I find that type of stimulation oh my god <laughs> it's, it's, it definitely does it more for me than the um, like the hardcore visuals you know what I mean it makes right. me, it makes me work a little harder for it it does yeah. it's it's more mental than just physical yeah, I think you can. I can insert myself into yeah. a scene better when it sounds, and I have to draw my own picture rather than you force an image on me. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that I, I like with um, some of my fans. They'll message they're like, "I completely imagine myself right. in that scenario," and I was like, "Then my job is done." Tear one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we're going to get started and come out of this particular conversation. 
Greetings, 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 and welcome, Pum Pum Posse. Bless up yourself. This, of course, is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me on my social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram at the Pum Pum Chronicles pod. You can also follow my personal page, badass underscore Jones underscore. You can find the podcast streaming where all podcasts can be found, including iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. If you want to submit any kind of content if you have any questions if there's anything that you'd like for me to tackle uh you can get to me in one of two ways uh, you can either email me at the chronicles at gmail.com or you can hit the call in line please not for romantic reasons don't leave me crazy messages uh that number of course is 320-270-1086 so as you all heard earlier um the gentleman that i was engaging with uh is a twitter friend (laughs) who uh at the time we met he went by the name mr fine ass respectful creep and um i liked his handle because when you look at his tweets and the type of things that he tweets about it it definitely is fitting but for the rest of us we will um call him lamont because that is his name greetings (laughs) hi thanks for having me oh it's an absolute pleasure thank you for agreeing to come on and and chat with me and chat to our listeners so um let everybody know a little bit about who you are what you do where they can find you reasons why they should follow you you definitely need to follow him because his shit is definitely entertaining <laughs> definitely definitely entertaining okay um i'm lamont actually already stated uh, you can find me on twitter at you gotta love mont that's you i the letter u g-o-t-t-a-l-u-v-m-o-n-t um <laughs> why you should follow me I'm funny as shit. First thing, uh, <laughs> transparent, uh, not really one dimensional. I try to like tackle different areas, whether it be political, bedroom, religion, uh, relationships, dating, friends, whatever comes to mind. You know, I just kind of put it out there, and I'm not really biased, so I kind of make it where everybody can kind of engage. Um, and I don't pick and choose which one I like. I retweet like and interact with all things that come across my timeline um so i won't get too much into that but yeah follow me fuck with me um on instagram <laughs> my name is mr dot dot ass uh, if you follow me on twitter you will see the correlation between the name on instagram um attached to twitter okay. uh, i'm 33 year old full-time musician I'm also a network analyst and consultant. Are you single? I am. Are you dating? What is dating in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> listen to me. Listen, listen. Okay. Are you are you uh, open to dating? Let's say that. Are you open to getting to know someone to, you know, make yes. one and two things happen? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so when we originally met, um, your Twitter handle said, I'm only toxic on Twitter, but I'm a great partner once I'm in a relationship. Yes. You remember that? I do. <laughs> okay. So one of the reasons why um, I wanted to have you on is to talk to you about that in particular, but then some other things as well. Um, because that brought to mind that, you know, sometimes the person that you see online or the person that you see on social media may not be a true representation 
of that person in real life. And -hmm. sometimes the the faces that people show us versus who they are, are vastly different. Right. So to kick off the conversation, do you think that people more often than not are focused on giving the best side of themselves or a false narrative of themselves in order to be more widely accepted? So for example, like the married person who primarily posts things that are single is giving off an impression that they are single when in fact they're not. And then it lures people in in an unhealthy, obviously, kind of way, because now people are thinking that you're on the market and you're not saying it. But the, the overall question is, do you think that people more often than not are focused on giving a better representation of themselves than what they are? Um, yeah, I do. I think people are prisoners of their own moment, um, sometimes by accident. You know, maybe I post something or, a, you know, lady posts something that had a different intent but it kicks off a different way and so now she gets all this attention that she didn't go looking for but now she's locked into it because it's like how do you how or why do you backtrack now with all these different people coming at you like saying all the things that maybe your partner is or is not saying to you so now you're kind of locked into it it feels good and you can't back out of it or you can but you probably you know you probably don't in most cases, which is why, especially my happy species, men get caught in that a lot. It's like, you really shouldn't even be here, bro. But all the ladies are commenting, you know, I just came to post my little picture and keep it moving. But now all these ladies are commenting, saying things about me that my partner may not be saying. So now I'm locked into that. I like the attention. Mm-hmm. So... so- Okay, so like for you, the impression that one would get (laughs) from your Twitter is, you know, like we had this conversation earlier that, you know, as you said, like you're 50 women deep in your DMs, you Uh know, you have hundreds of of Oman on your phone, you have pum pum on call, you know what I mean? And that kind of stuff, like you can, yeah, like basically you can walk outside and drop in pussy at at the drop of a dime if you want it. That's the impression that that's the impression <laughs> that one might get right. um, from your Twitter because your Twitter is is highly sexualized in terms of you know the things that you talk about and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Is that vastly different than who you are? Because again, when I look at the fact that you said that you're only toxic on Twitter, but in real life you're you're great when you're in a relationship with someone and you don't do all that stuff. So how how do those two things differ? Okay, so let's let's bring uh, let's bring the toxic tweet to life. So if we can help the listeners understand, the toxic portion of the tweet was highlighted by quotations. That being because generally speaking, like you said before, people do present that. Mine was in quotes because that's what, like you also said, the impression of me is that I'm this way and in some way, some people know me offline, so they're like, you know, I know better, I know there's a different mind. Great. So the toxic portion points back to the idea that, yeah, with me, everything is sex until we start dating. Then I'm a whole sweetheart, I'm a whole teddy bear, you know, cuddle buddy. But (laughs) online, before you get to that point, is everything is sex, right? That's the perception. But in reality, what it is, and this is just my opinion, 
<laughs> if I tweet, let's say, 100 tweets in a week, if 10 of them are sexual, the rest of, of them are nine. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the rest of those tweets are um, uplifting inspirations. The 10 tweets get highlighted like the 90 don't exist. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the good for the bad, right? That's, yeah. that's people. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. it's like, you yeah. know, you do 100 great things and you do one thing that fucks up and, yeah. and that's all they can think about. Right. Which I have no problem with either of those handles taking off. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody doesn't need or even want Twitter for inspiration. Some people come there merely just for the toxicity, quote unquote. True. Sure. So does that present a challenge when you are trying to date? As as I asked you earlier, you are single. Mm-hmm. But based on, you know, um, your tweets, does it pose a challenge when you are trying to get to know someone? I would say yes and no. Um, I'd say no, because even though sex was the draw, you people and, and, and you still think, you know, oh, he's so toxic, but you're still hopping in my inbox. So it's, it's clearly not a blockade. <laughs> um, but the yes would be some come in, some come into my inbox with the questions off top. Like, you know, okay, so what else is there to, to know about you? You know, is there more to you than just sex? And I'm a, almost a little irritated by that because I'm like, you've been following me long enough to see that it's diversity. But again, you're focused only on the sexual tweets because that's what has 1,000 likes and 50 <laughs> retweets. So you missed all the other things that I said that were, you know, positive, uplifting. I'm a whole father. Like, none of those things got tapped. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. So I'm, I'm looking at your Twitter right now. <laughs> you, have, you have a tweet that's pinned. And the tweet says, keep on flirting with me. And I'm a cuff, choke, stroke. Feed, eat, spoil, and love you to life. Okay. That has 340 retweets. I can't even go through the thread because there's there's way too many responses. Um, and you know what I mean? Close to a thousand likes. So okay. if that's the perception that have pe- people have of you, and, and and not just you, let's let's just kind of take take men for a moment, yeah. right? Yeah. And granted, you are single, so it's not it's not the same as you know if you were in a relationship and and, and tweeting this way. Mm-hmm. But for, for people who do tweet like that, and and I'm asking from the perspective of of being someone who is a sexual content provider because right. people get stuck at that, so I, right. I understand it. Right. But when you when you make a tweet like that, how do you expect people who are interested in you to weed through the what's what's not so much about you versus what is truly about you. Cause it's not like you have tweets where you're, it, you know, you're talking about your music or you're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, being a, 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 a tech head uh, and, and that kind of stuff. Right. The father right. part. Yes. Because you, you post your daughter regularly, but right. that other stuff, like if, if people get stuck at the sexual you, how do you help them to move past that? Okay. So go back to the tweet that you put out my pin tweet, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's you, you want me yes, to read it again? There's sexual that's fine. Um <laughs> so it says keep on flirting with me and I'm a cuff, stroke, feed, eat, spoil, and love you to life. So Oh and choke. <laughs> Hello, hi, you forgot the choking part. Oh, so choke. sorry, cuff choke, stroke. Mm-hmm. Right. So that tweet is 
very much symbolic to how my entire page is perceived. So instead of reading it with everything that I put behind with, with commas, people cut out. <laughs> they cut out, feed, spoil, love. They get stuck at cuff, stroke, <laughs> and choke. <laughs> it's like, so it's like selective reading. You know what I mean? It's like, what's appealing to you? Clearly, clearly, me being sexualized is more appealing to you in public. It's almost like that BBW fetish. <laughs> it's like yes. in public, you know, what you what drew you to me was the sex. But behind closed doors, you're going to pretend that I didn't say anything else that I said in that same tweet. And you're going to reference everything that I said sexual against me. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me, let me push the, push it a little bit further then. Let's go. Your, your responses to the women who respond okay. to, to their selective reading. I'm, I'm going to give you that one. So then your responses to them that further give them hope based on the tweet. Okay. What is your responsibility around that part? So, so let me, let me, you see, you have me going into the tweets then. So somebody says, yes, please. With this kind of like begging face emoji. And mm-hmm. then you promise. And your response is absolutely with a bunch of explanation marks, exclamation marks. <laughs> then she puts up a, 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 a gift where she's, she's prancing because she's happy now. Um, she's going to go over to your DM to make an attempt to flirt with you. And you put heart faces. Okay. So is that not, is that, that, is that not still on the, on the responsibility of the author of the response? Because if, if it, if it, if you only pull out the sexualized portion of it and your response is driven by that, where else do, do I pull it back from that? Okay, so let's. I'm, I'm going to take it back to a general, a generalized question then. Okay. But anybody who posts something, are they not responsible as the originators of that post, regardless of of how many words you have in there? And yes, the reader may have selective reading issues where they're only picking out the two words that make their pom pom swell up and and their clit throb. Right. But you, but the person who originates the tweet, the post, the meme, the whatever. Are they not originally responsible for whatever comes after that? Mm, that's tough. Like, so how do you get five thousand five million five people to see it the way you see it, think the way you think? With you know, what do we have? Like one eighty, two hundred characters now. I don't even know what what it is now. <laughs> that, that, that's a uh, that's a rough challenge. Like we have to do that in college. You know, you rewrite your essays. You want one person to understand what you're saying to be graded. Now it's total opposite. We we need five million people to understand what we're saying with a limited amount of words and no one, no, I would say no ten people are going to see it the same way. Okay, so it's very direct. But when it's broad and you can kind of bibleize it in terms of you know interpreting it how you see fit. It, it, that's very difficult. Okay, so would the message have been different if you said, keep on flirting with me, I'm gonna cuff you, feed you, um, spoil you, and love you to life? It, then you take the sex out of it, sure. But would sex not be an assumption or a given 
you know, I think if that were the case, then the sexualized tweets from all of us wouldn't get the attention that it gets. I think people would migrate to the ones who are encapsulating the entire love process more. Like they would get all the attention. Cause it's like, okay, well, if he's gonna love me, I'm assuming we gotta be having sex. Like, and, but that's not the way it goes. We see that all the time. There's, there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote, love doctors online. Until you reach like a high, a high, a high uh, number of uh, audience, it no, nah, it doesn't hit the same way. So, <laughs> <laughs> then the perceived notion of who you are, or the perceived notion of of of, of anyone who makes sexualized or puts out sexualized tweets, regardless of what their status is. Does it make it more challenging to actually get to know who you are because they're stuck at whatever they've selectively read from what you've said? And 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 not necessarily a sexualized tweet. It, it could be a tweet about anything. Like, you know, the person may be reading it and, and they hone in on one particular part. So when someone, okay, so, but in this context, so when a, when a woman comes into your DMs now and she's messaging you about the fact that you know, she thinks she knows who you are based on, you know, the thousands of tweets that you've tweeted that all kind of have an, an over an overall theme, which is it's sex. Do you get upset by that? Um, no, but what I would say to that is it would depend on the the intent. So if your intent is really to move sexually, you're not going to pick or worry about anything else about me. But if you come in with the intent, like I know you started out with sex, but is there more? Like when you, I, so okay, okay, I can think that's the best way to see it. When you you come in with it being like a closed-minded, a closed-ended question, we have nowhere else to go. You've already made your assumption about me that I'm I'm all sex. But if you come in and it, there are questions like you know, okay, there's a curiosity about I'm sure the sex is what it is. But what else? Then we have a conversation already. Like, then we've already started a conversation. Like, we can go from there. That's easy. But when you jump in and immediately, he's all sex. You know, let me just get this dick and go. I'm like, all right, well, then there's our ceiling. Okay, so I know for me, one of the... It, I think of it as a blessing and a curse because I feel like Engaging with people who see me as being one-dimensional, which is just, you know, a sexual being or a, a um, let's just say that, like that, that sex is the, the, the limitation of who I am. It makes it easier for me to weed people out in terms of conversation or weed people out in terms of getting to know them and, and or allowing them an opportunity to get to know me. Okay. And then there are people who... <laughs> who messaged me because something that I've posted that's not necessarily geared towards anyone at all, it's kind of like a general, but it's a sexualized post. They take it personally and now they want, you know, they feel like I'm speaking to them directly and I don't know them from no place. Have right. never spoken to the, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Do you have women who message you because they feel as though 
<laughs> not necessarily that something resonates, but that, you know, like maybe you've engaged with them a couple of times, but now you've posted a particular tweet and they feel like you're talking directly to them. Have you ever had anybody approach you that way? Yes. I've got, got a few DMs like that. Um, so typically what, what I do is because I feel like once you, when you encounter one person and their issue is going to be somebody else with the same issue, issue, but I tend to take bad situations or not even bad, but it, situations where we don't mesh and try to generalize it publicly. You know what I mean? Like, so, so like, okay. So if somebody approaches me and, um, okay. So I had a, I had a previous pin tweet where I, pretty much referenced BBW, stop looking down on yourself, love your body as it is. Um, for every man that, you know, that tries to shame you in public or in private, there are tons of men, you know, who, who love your curves, all of them. People assume that, took that tweet, bought it up and says, Mott likes all BBWs, period. <laughs> no matter how they're treated. <laughs> I have to immediately flip that and say, okay, great. Cause that led to a couple of DMs like, oh, you like, you know, so here's, here's my chance to shine. Mm. And so, and it was women of, of all shapes and sizes. <laughs> and so then I have to say, I don't mind advocating for BBWs because I understand what the game is. It does not mean that I want every single one of you shaped in all ways. I can advocate with you and not necessarily want to fuck you. Right. <laughs> so, um, so when I took, so, so after the first girl, you know, who I told no to, who, 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 I'm sorry, who I said no to, after she DM'd me and it didn't go well, but it was, you know, it was private matter, but I still felt the need, okay, so let me jump back on the timeline and, and preface what I mean by my pen tweet now. Mm. Which led to her coming back, you didn't have to, you know, put me on blast, and I'm like, I didn't tag you, nobody knows who you are, nobody knows that you DM'd me, it, it's none of the things that you're assuming it to be. And this not this really ain't even for you. I already told you what I told you. The rest of them don't know. <laughs> so she embarrassed herself unnecessarily. She did, and she did it publicly. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, this is this was maybe April of last year. So she went under the tweet and 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 outed herself. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. And I don't like public embarrassment like that. Um, yeah, right, please. That's, <laughs> that's the only time that I find myself activating, quote-unquote, asshole mind. Oh, jeez. For the most part, I am very respectful. Kiss <laughs> the name. But um, with, at the point where you try to publicly challenge me, when I was very kind to you, and even though it was a curve, it still was, you know, like, no thanks, but you know, I'm flattered. Now I gotta out you a different way. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so talking about that, like the fact that she um DM'd you, do you think okay, well so let's say she was someone that you were you were interested in or she met, mm. you know, particular criteria that you like. Do you think that successful relationships can be formed through social media? Absolutely. Um, I've had a few. Really? Yeah. Okay, so tell me, tell me your, your, because I feel like, you know, the, the plan of, or course of action that you take 
with meeting someone on social media is different than meeting somebody in real life because there's a period of time where you may not get to see the person immediately may like be a few weeks as opposed to you know you've met them face to face like they're in your face (laughs) you can Mm -hmm. see them so like what what was your yeah like how did you do it what were your what were your success plans what were your steps around that so ironically before i started dating long distance i had the previous year just written a blog (laughs) um, about like your do's and don'ts as a man with social media. And one of my don'ts was like, do not date long distance. You can't do it. Too much touch is needed from a man. Like too many needs, too many wants, don't do it. And then the following year, um, a fellow, a a follower of mine that I knew um, introduced me to a girl that was in Ohio. And it, it, it the 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 intent wasn't initially to date. It was you know what you see on my Twitter now, like just flirting. Then that flirting led to like text messages, and then we being debating. Um, but more more specifically, I guess it was just creating the vibe. Like we, we can all flirt. That's that's easy. I think it's natural for us to like you know you see you like. You say the right things, boom. But that can die overnight. But that, that energy and vibe created after you're done flirting, that's unmatched. So did you did you see her in in real life? Um, she <laughs> so after we exchanged numbers, um, I wanna say maybe a month later, of uh, after a month of texting, uh, video chatting phone calls she got on the plane oh before oh, I like her. she did she gave me a ticket a screenshot of her plane ticket and I'm like you know okay so you in Charlotte no it was like me being in Charlotte to come pick me up because I'm coming to see you oh so to that credit I do think that kind of energy is required if you're going to do it you got to be like super intentional and aggressive so oh. you were receptive to her picking up herself and just coming um, it was, but that's the kind of woman I like. I, I like assertive, aggressive, powerhouse type stuff. So it was, it was either say no, and this probably crushes everything, or fuck it. See, let's see what happens. <laughs> Which one did you go with? We definitely dated for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess to speak to that, it's. Long distance dating, it, long distance dating when you have a life such as mine, like, you know, just busy, um, everything is blocked off by time schedule. You don't really have time to do the, the local everyday, hey, where you at? I want to see you. Hey, where you at? I miss you. When, when it's not that tangible for you, long distance is perfect. It's perfect. And it helps you. You don't spend like the, your three days, three or four days when you do see them arguing about what they told on social media and you know or, or or something that you didn't like on the phone or whatever you try to capitalize on time so i enjoy long distance dating because it seems like people actually are more genuine you have no choice you know do are you gonna waste three days fighting being fake mad <laughs> or are you gonna enjoy the time so 
it is long i know we're completely going off track but is long distance dating the appeal of it situational for you yeah. or is that some, but i'm saying like is that do you think that that's something that you would do long term just in terms of like you know spending a couple of years in a long distance relationship and then eventually one of the two of you would move or once your daughter's a little bit older that you would kind of give up on long distance dating and, and date more locally oh man that's a great question yeah, i have those from time to time <laughs> when i run into when i meet women who are who are further away which that seems to be my appeal anyway i, I attract them but when i do meet them that's kind of like one of the first 10, 15 questions. It's like, okay, so who's moving first? When they don't have kids, it seems to be a no-brainer. But when we both have kids, it's like, okay, so now the question really has some weight. Like, who's, okay, so who's moving? Um, I don't know that I can, con- con- I can control that as the... I don't want to always want to say as the the man, but from my individual space, I don't know that I can control how long we do it. You know, like if if one of the two people already feel like, all right, I have maybe a year of this, then you kind of already kind of you know put a stamp on it. Um, but then what happens after that year? So look, if you've invested. If you've invested time and now it's it's come down to okay, so let's say it's it's you and I. Mm-hmm. I have um, you know, I have children. Well, I do, but they're much older, so they're adults. So let's say they're small children. Okay. And and you have your daughter. So we've been dating for a year now, and it comes down to a question of we we need, we've discussed that we need to be closer to one another, um, because the time that we are spending right now is not enough. How do you decide? Or do you decide that we can't go any further? Like, like what, what, what are the viable choices then? Depends on how far we are, um, what our time like has been like. You know, what our time together has been like. Um, I think you got to look at, and so, and this may seem small here, but I think you got to look at. So, when you guys do go to different hotels or however you guys are meeting up, what is that two, three days to a week? feel like look like what's irritating you what's not irritating you what's a because if you can't if if after a week of being with somebody that's long distance you are still irritated you are not ready to be in the same house with them all the time um what the options look like hey, where are we after a year as far as our feelings our emotions our finances who's going to take the bigger hit what's better for us i mean if we're going to be together in the same house um, well, with the 2021 financial rules, there's all this 50 50 shit. I don't understand, but with let's go along with the, the, the general population thought process your money is my money now, and vice versa. So, I think you, you, you almost have to go with which one benefits you know the finances more. We jump past that a lot, um, in discussion, but. It should be priority number one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have kids, I have kids, or a kid. We both got bills. Fuck your pride. How are we going to (laughs) eat? Right. So you said something about a 50-50 rule. What is that? So um, 
and again, this is not my thinking at all. I actually hate it. But um, you see a lot of people talking about like, you know, if we go on a date, who pays the bill? Is it okay for the woman to pick up the tab? Um, is it ever okay for y'all to take that bill and go Dutch? Um, some people take that to their household too. It's like, okay, well, if we get a house together, you know, are we paying the bills down the middle? Is the man paying all the bills? Is he paying just the rent and she get the the utilities? Like, how are you doing the bills? Right. 50-50. <laughs> you, you believe in a 50-50 system. I do not. <laughs> you don't no. believe in a 50-50 system. No. I, I've, I mean, I don't even want to call it being an 80s baby. I just... I was raised old school. Like my dad was the one out there working and slaving. Not to say my my mom worked too, but dad was the one that you saw, you know, paying all the bills. So if his check was cleared out, you know, and, and mom was happy, that's all we needed. You know? Right. right. Um I've taken that to the next level. Like, so I feel like my dad taught me how to survive. So I taught myself how to live. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, like, like um, I think going from check to check that's definitely surviving <laughs> um, you know if you go out and hustle some extra money then yeah you're still surviving but when it's like alright um, I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna go in a store and now there's no longer a there's no longer like a, uh, a cap you know on groceries or we're not just buying hot dogs and, and eggs and grits now because that's going to be our lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Yes. Like, we're literally going to grocery shop and everybody, go, go get what you want and come back to the buggy. Right. right. That's living. You know, knowing that you're, knowing that you don't have to put all your bills on paper, <laughs> adding them up and subtracting them from your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. That's living. Do you, do you think being a dad makes you more more or less attractive in the dating market? I know we've completely shifted tracks and that's okay. But do you, do you think being a, a, a dad specifically and, and, and in general being a parent makes you more attractive or less attractive? And, and, and do you, how much emphasis do you put on selecting a partner for yourself based on the fact that you're a dad, specifically a girl dad? Okay. Um, yeah, I think being, and especially being a, a girl dad, I think it makes me more attractive on the forefront. I used to think there was like all this extra that came with it, but it's really just the forefront. The reason I say that because I think women like women like when you're a dad until it's time for you to really be a dad. Explain that. You like that you see me with my daughter in pictures. You like seeing the captions, all the things that I'm teaching her, all the little boomerangs and videos on Instagram. But when you have now, you have my number. Now we're in contact, and I tell you, no, I can't go on a date with you today because I'm with my daughter. You know, I can't spend more time with you because I'm with my daughter. Or you call me, I tell you, I'll call you back because I'm spending, I'm doing daddy daughter time. They don't like that. Mm. Most would argue that, that that you know, oh, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah no. You don't like it. <laughs> it's a whole attitudinal shift. And what I've run into a lot is a point where they get to asking for more time. Mm. Okay, well, my time's divided right now. At this point, it's just work, my daughter, and you. 
So who do you, what are the, what are the other three, I'm sorry, two categories do you want to lose time from? Mm. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. It's, it's kind of weird too, because I, I think sometimes like when I'm, I'm thinking back, um, to questions that I've been asked when, when my young people were children one of the questions that I, <laughs> that I got and I don't know if you've ever gotten this is well can't your mom watch them or can't they go to their grandparents mm-hmm. and as I, as I as I just said that all the hairs on my arm stood up from aggravation from remembering <laughs> feeling aggravated from that, oh, that question it's the entitlement for me right so then would it be better for a person who has children to date somebody with children or does that matter? Have you ever dated someone who has children who feels that same sense of entitlement? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes they're actually worse because they feel like the way that their life is set up with their kids is the same as yours, but you should because I kid and, and, and I did. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I sent my kids with my parents. Why can't you do the same for yours? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, I remember years ago when, when my, my children's dad and I were together. No, sorry, we were, we were no longer together. We were just co-parenting. And um, I had to go away on business for, let's say, about a week. And so... You know, because they were still young, they had school and, and their um, extracurricular activities and all that kind of stuff. He came and stayed at our house and, and took care of them. And the woman that he was with at the time um, got very upset by this. Now, granted, I wasn't home. It's not like I was home and he came over and he was, you know, hanging out for a week. Like, I was gone and he was taking care of his children. Um, and she got upset by that. She referred to it as, I don't know why you have to be there full-time babysitting it's not a babysitting job. These are his children. <laughs> He's supposed to be engaged and be watching them. But she gave him an ultimatum. And the interesting thing is she had two children. Oh, wow. Yeah, she had two kids. She had two uh, two boys. And, um, you know, not that Black women don't do it, but it was a white woman. And she basically gave him an ultimatum that, you know, it was either her and her kids or his children. <laughs> I, I don't know on what planet she thought that that would ever win, like in any way, but you know, it clearly, it clearly happens. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to, sorry, get back to something that we were talking about earlier, uh, just in terms of the way that people sometimes portray themselves and, and they're not, people aren't always who they appear to be or make themselves appear, appear to be. To me, I kind of think about it like the filters that people use on, on social media. And then you, you finally see a real picture of them. You're like, you don't look nothing. That's, have, that's, have you ever, you've come across that, I'm sure. Of course. So have you ever dated someone who gave you a different version of themselves a, that wasn't their authentic self? And and they had difficulty keeping up the charade. And and if you did, like what what happened? Is this only physical? No, no. It can be. It can be anything at all. <sighs> that was a very heavy sigh. Jeez. So many things come to mind. All right. So 
just physically, like just totally like surface level. So I dated this girl. Um, <laughs> she, so she came into my my job. I think I was like nineteen. She came into my job, and she had, you know, hairs maybe down to her ear, maybe probably like behind her neck or whatever. Um, you know, so we we get the rapping or whatever. I get, get her number, so I call her. Boom. So we date for about a month, maybe two, and. Like she, so she, she did it really well though. She, she like gradually, she put these wigs on that would, you know, kind of growth. But I'm like, that's like my mom and sister have long hair. Like they have really good hair. I have good hair, but I'm like, this shit is growing hella fast, yo. Like, what are you using? Like, you know, and she's like, you know, oh, I got some Indian in my family and, you know, this shit. <laughs> I'm like, right, you know, because, you know, as a man, you can't cross lines like that with a woman. Like, you can't tell her that she's not losing the weight on her own or she's not growing the hair. Her, You know, she don't smell the way she smells because of, oh, okay, great. So I got to stay in balance and let shit kind of play out. Great. So one day we go to Books a Million and uh, we're literally in there reading books and we're like laying on the floor, like, you know, like just whole total hippies. So then uh, <laughs> I ended up falling asleep in, in her lap. So I wake up and uh, <laughs> and she had like this headband on this day, but the headband had shifted a little bit. And when it shifted, you could see like some 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 nappy hair, but the hair was like pressed to the gosh, like it was totally straight. And so, me not trying to be an asshole, but being an asshole, I pointed to it. I said, hey, um, little spot right there is kind of exposed. Um, I don't know if that's intentional or what. And she's like, oh, she tries, to, she tries to fix it. And so, I'm like, so we're going to discuss the fact that this ain't your hair? And she... She gave the joint. Like, she tried to literally lie and deny that that was not a wig all the way home. And I'm like, you really gonna not just own the fact that that's not your hair? Like, it's cool, but why you gotta lie about it, though? Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, even with this whole filter situation with Snapchat and Instagram, whatever, great, they help enhance all of us. But why lie about it, the fact that you're using that, though? You know what I mean? Like, what does that really do? And then... (laughs) To kind of take it further with all the butt pads and and bra and like I even heard about guys putting things in, in their pants to make their dick look bigger. What happens when it's time for the action and you don't have what I thought you had? I think people hope for the best. And I do. I honestly do. I think that people hope for the best in that you know we have developed this relationship. You know, we've been we've been going at it hard and heavy for like a month or so now. It shouldn't matter that this is not my real bum. It shouldn't matter that, you know, I'm wearing wigs for a million days um, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I need to go back to a point. Some people might get offended by the terms uh, good hair and nappy hair. So everybody just, you know, try to see what it was part of the explanation. Um, but I think that I, I do think that people hope for the best you know what i mean it's 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 a it's an upfront 
way of um, catfishing almost. And so like, it, like, like take filters, for example. Yeah. When I'm looking at somebody's social media, if they've got 5,000 pictures, I am that bitch that will scroll through all 5,000 looking for the one picture of you from 19, I don't know how long, where it's your actual face. Right. Without the filters and the craziness, you know? It, yeah. For myself, you know, per, per, I tell people, for, I wear wigs all day long. Do I have hair underneath here? I used to. I've completely shaved my head bald because I'm good with wearing rig, wigs for the next 50 years of my life because for the first 50, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, I did natural hair and all that kind of stuff. But I do. I think that people hope for the best that you, you'll be able to see past, you know, the, the fake the fake ass pads, you know, the silicone breasts that help to make your breasts look fuller than they actually are. Because I think people are, are scared of disappointing the person that they were interested in because they think that that person has a different expectation of them. True. I agree. Totally. Because if, if, if I'm interested in dating you, again, let's use you and I as an example. So I say, you know what, in my mind, like Lamont, I'm really interested in getting to know you. I want to, I, I want to like see where things go. And then, you know, I start looking at the history of women that you've dated, pictures that you have up or whatever. If I don't feel like I somehow measure up to whatever that standard is, mm. now I feel like I have to go above and beyond. And, you know, now I got to have my waist snatched all the time and I can eat two, two rice grains and one chicken wing so that my belly doesn't puff out. Now I have to make sure that I wear a complete sew-in so it doesn't come off and my hair doesn't show as opposed to wearing a wig that might shift. Now I feel like I have to be done up all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like, if a, sometimes when a person is interested in you, the expectation that they think you have sets the tone for them of how they feel like they have to be. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> Especially as a man, like you know, our egos are already kind of thin. So, did you say thin? Thin, like. And so, here's an example, and I'll get back to it. Men asking about body counts. Why would mm-hmm. you ask a woman how many dicks she's had? Can you handle the answer whether it's one or ten or a hundred? You, they all feel the same. It's not yours. You're irritated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Also, so to the same notion, I feel like the best way to approach anybody is just pretend that nobody else ever existed. Because you don't know what she likes or where she is in that moment, regardless of what her exes look, look like. Maybe, you know, she's dated guys six foot three, light skinned, bearded, and tatted, and she's tired of it. <laughs> but because you're looking at her page at all the exes, all the guys in her mentions and comments or whatever, you fucked up. You're like, well, shit, I ain't got no better can't grow one, so let me just keep moving. Well, let me go get this little Beijing drawn on my face and this little fake beard. These uh, soldiers, or whatever everybody's using nowadays. I'm just sick, man. Um, we have so many enhancements now. Like, why can't we just let people see who we are? That's not super extreme. Like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the hair color change, like, you know, a wig or whatever. But, like, bro, putting a fake beard on your face, that's just... <laughs> like, when do we get here, yo? But what's what's the difference? Like, again, we're totally off topic, but that's fine. But what's the difference between a woman wearing a lace front and a man wearing a lace front beard because he can't grow in a full beard? What's, what's really the difference? 
Like I see all the tricks and things that they're doing with like men who are balding and they're not quite ready to, you know, so they've got like the George Jefferson and they're not quite ready to let, let it go and go completely bald. And yeah. so they'll get a lace front and the barber trims that shit up nice and it looks, you know what I mean? It looks proper. What is what is the difference between a man having, did you just sigh again? <laughs> What is what is inherently the difference between a woman wearing a lace front and a man wearing a lace toupee? Because toupees have always been a thing. But now, you know, we, we've come far. The toupees are sitting down properly and, and are, are blended into the hair and shaved up nice and saying, what's the difference? Somebody didn't come to mind to, to answer that. I'm going to answer it with, with something that I probably put on Twitter later. <laughs> I believe we all have some double standard rules in us. That's got to be one of them. Let you gotta let the ladies have this one, bro. Like putting that shit on your face. You know, so here's the only thing I'm gonna give, and I'm gonna give it to women. And I'm just not gonna give this to men at all. You are somebody who are uh, you know who's um, got like a medical condition or whatever. So you throw a wig on your head, cool. If you are a man, you have other options. Shave that shit off. Go bald. It's cool, bro. Like, bald niggas, they do too. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, AJ. I, I don't. So can they be bald and get a lace front beard? You can't be bald and have a bald face too. Because then you look like you're two years old. You look like Caillou. Who the fuck is trying to walk around looking like Caillou when you're in your 30s or your 40s? Sir, please help me. So here's the thing. Like, I think we we say that until we see that high schooler walking around with a full-ass beard and he still looks 17. (laughs) I stopped being offended by the fact that my hair is, my facial hair does not grow really fast. Send me up, but he's still, he's a full face Still looks ten. I'm good. True. Very, very, very true. Very true. So I, I like these segues. So because <laughs> later on you're going to tweet about this, and I know sometimes when you convey a sentiment or opinion or you're giving a feedback, like you said, sometimes you have to be asshole Lamont, but for the most part, you try to be respectful and and sing right. Mm-hmm. So when you're conveying an opinion, a sentiment, giving feedback, do you think that the delivery of the message matters as much as the message? Yeah. Really? I do. I, I do. Um, and I, I was back and forth on this. But um okay, wait, let me let me give some context for, for the listeners so I to, to tell you why. Okay. So uh so, someone who I'm friends with had had posted something where um basically what he's saying is like you have to coddle and I don't like to use that word, but to me, it felt like you saying like, you know, you have to coddle a person's feelings in order for them to receive the message. You can't, you can't say the message to them as an asshole because then they're just not going to hear it. But it basically, if you lather it up and make it all like sweet and sugary and give the same message, they'll hear it better. My contention to him was, why does it matter what the delivery is? Like if, if you ask me for my honest opinion, and I give it to you straight, no chaser. Does that really matter in the greater scheme of things when the message is still the same? Like if I say to you, you know, <laughs> um, Lamont, 
I really didn't like that you did that. You know, I think that you could have handled it, blah, blah, blah. As a, opposed to me saying, like, you're an asshole, you shouldn't have done that. Like, don't do that shit again. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, so, so in that context, if I'm coming to you and I'm asking you for your opinion, then I already know who you are. So I, already, I, should, I should have an idea of what to expect. If I'm asking a random stranger, you get what you get. Like you're already, you're already, you're already gambling. Like it's like what? Cause I, I just assume that when we ask somebody a question, you're asking them out of respect for their opinion. But if I don't know you, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's you. You're open game for whatever comes out. What if you do know the person? Should the, should the, the delivery? be different because so part of his contention was is like you know if you know the person's an asshole and they're giving you an asshole answer just to further be an asshole you know their their intention for you in the message is not the same as if you know it was somebody who was a little bit more gentle saying the same thing and I said to him like that just doesn't make any sense to me if, if regardless of how you the message is still the message if, if I say to you, you know, that was fucking stupid, as opposed to that was really stupid, the message is still the same, is it not? Yeah, you, if you, asking somebody who you already identified them as an asshole, you're looking for anything other than an asshole-ish answer, you the fuck yourself. That, that's, that's insanity to me. I'm gonna come, <laughs> I just lost my job and I know you're the person that's going to tell me something that points it being back at my fault. I'm not actually for your ad, your advice and opinion anyway. What? <laughs> Have you ever changed the delivery of a message because you know that the person, like there's something you want to convey to a person, but you know that you have to soft shoe it in order for them to hear it? Fuck no. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that was... Again, like, why? If you chose me and you know me, you knew what you were going to get. So you either, I feel like people who ask for advice, you want one of, maybe two things, probably three, but you, you either want them to support your pity party mm. or, or, or give it to you straight. I agree. I agree. Um... The person that you are now. No. <laughs> Have you always been this man, like this guy? Have you always been? Not at all. A respectful asshole? No. I used to be super, <laughs> I used to be super meek, super quiet, um, a total sweetheart. And also, don't get me wrong, those things are still buried in me because I feel like they kind of come with my Southern upbringing. Um, it's going to sound funny, but Twitter brought out this other being, other personality. Um, reason I say that is because uh, I, I'd say failed DMs, uh, like, it's okay, so back to the beginning when we discussing my social handle, my tweets used to be super just love, 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 love. Nothing. No traction, didn't take off. No, no, not a whole lot of responses, nothing. 
I mean, you could search the the my old name right now. Some of those tweets are still there. Nothing on those tweets. So it's like okay, and and so I I I grew up from my childhood, maybe and well well into my twenties, trying to figure out like what kind of person do I want to be. My thing was always being accepted. It's okay. It's okay. So how do I fit into a social world moving this fast? Because it's just like Twitter of like 2010 to 2012. That was fucking fast Twitter, man. Like you, you were a dog when you got eaten quickly. They got people the fuck up out of there so fast in those years of Twitter. Like Twitter now is kind of soft. <laughs> Well, explain that to me because I, I wasn't using Twitter back then. I'm, I'm still fairly new to Twitter. You saw a lot of like real Twitter beefs. Now, I don't want to say real as in like they were actually going to fight, but just reading the dialogue, you're like, wow, y'all are really mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it got to the point where you got other people involved and you used to follow people then at that point based on the beef of whose side you were on. Like, okay. And so when you saw people back then have, uh, 14,000 followers, it wasn't because they were tweeting good shit. It's because they brought a lot of drama. And you want to see. You want to be a person to that shit. It's 2010, 2012, like those were those were years that people who've been on Twitter for at least a decade, they all know exactly what I mean. It's it was just it was very headhunter like. You you probably got off Twitter really fast because you couldn't keep up with that shit. It was just a lot. Okay, so you're saying that the the the, the nice soft guy <laughs> that you used to be gave birth to yeah the you now yeah I mean sex sex and savagery sells everything. Yeah. It, it doesn't make a difference what it is. You know what I mean? So. The person that you are now, is that a far stretch from who you actually are? Because you, I know like you're saying like, you know, because your Southern upbringing and, and what have you, that you're still for the most part a, <laughs> a gentleman, you know, hold the door and, and choke you mm-hmm. and, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're saying that you were, you were more so like a Mr. Nice guy. Is it a far stretch to the person who you are now? Um... No, I, I'm I'm both guys, even in real life. Um, the biggest difference would be the biggest difference would be like my love life. Like I don't awesome. I don't meet women, you know, via social media, and then handle them like you know <laughs> uh, a piece of meat. I don't over sexualize them. Like I'm a total sweetheart total gentleman i am very chivalrous um you know, yeah absolutely oh man like that was childhood you you got like chopped across the head for not doing shit as a kid that women want you to do now in real life so i don't understand down here men who don't do it, it's like well who raised you because my mom used to fuck me up <laughs> not, and like and she's married but she fucked me up for not holding the door for her. I'm like, what? That's your old husband right there. Like, what's up? <laughs> but, you know, little did I know she was grooming, like, what would become my now habits. Like, 
I ain't gonna like you. It could be like some, you know, some nasty old lady or some young girl who does not does not understand what I'm doing. Like Northerners come down here and they are blown. They're like, "What are you doing? I'm holding the door for you. Walk through the bitch. Let's go." <laughs> you know, so it's culture oriented, but yeah, like um, it, you kind of get all of it, but you you don't really see the parts that most would consider toxic or um, uh, malicious, quote unquote, until something else pulls it out. But my at 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 at, at my core in real life, it total sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of, of the, the balance of that, and and yes, I can see that because you know, just even in 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 dialogue between you and I, like you're always very you're polite, like you're still you, and if you have to cuss, you cuss. That not at me, but I'm saying like within within the, the context of the conversation. Right. Um, but you're you can tell that there is the politeness and the and the respect. But how did how did what made you shift? Just in terms of, of the way that you post and the way that you now present yourself, what made you shift? I know you said that you weren't getting traction, but like you woke up one day and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm not getting traction. Let me put a sexual post up. Uh, not quite like that. Um, so what caused me to change my nature, so to speak, as far as what I present is the fact that I felt like so it's okay. So they say nice guys finish last. Well, I feel like good guys finish even further behind the nice guys. Mm. Um, and I mean, when I say good guys, I mean like you know good intent. So it seemed like you know the hello AJ. You know my name's Lamont. Um, would love to take you out to dinner. Get to know you a little better. Can I have your phone number? Fuck off. <laughs> okay. For the record, I would never say that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> But yes, no, I understand. And so what's, what's funny is a lot of the trending tweeters will, 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 will say things that we think the ladies want to hear. Like, um, you know, oh, just change the way you approach me and it's going to be all right, which I agree with. But the, the gag in the room is that a lot of y'all are responding to dickheads with terrible lines mm. and going with it. The proof of that is that he keeps using that shit everywhere he goes, so that means it's working somewhere. Mm. Like, so do, do women respond better to the more sexually aggressive? Well, yes. I don't, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so that my my older pro, my older young, younger profile. I'll say older. My younger profile. I probably can count on one hand how many DMs I had that were like a succession of conversation. But this this persona of me now that I've added to, because like I say it's not a fake thing, but that I've added to my whole character, I don't even have to start the DMs. They come in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 not, it's not a reach for me to, you know, wake up one day after posting. And I'm talking about, so my Twitter handle basically... <laughs> In a nutshell, because people say, well, you only, you only tweet nasty stuff. I might post one tweet that catches so much shit. My day is spent responding. I'm not even just tweeting. I'm only responding to things that people said back to that one tweet. Go to bed, wake up, 
DMs. The creep eyes, you know, the 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 <laughs> say, oh really, you know, or what's this like? Or I wanna find out. Yes. Like yeah. women offering to fly themselves out. Like I mean, I mean it's it's like wow. So if I sexualize myself as a product, you're you're totally in. But if I actually introduce myself and just say, you know, hey, let me show you everything else before we have sex. No response, no nothing, no media, no mopping, no, nothing. All right, cool. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even have a rebuttal for it, but it's it's true. It's like it's very true. So, which in it, going back to like your, your overall theme for this podcast, the the I think the the reason that guys or women would present toxic to cover up sweetheart is for that reason right there. Nobody's biting on the sweetheart. Everybody's doing that toxic, you know, like different presentation nature. True. So very true. And the funny thing, the funny and sad part about it is that, you know, whether it's it's a woman or a man, they, they like that the toxic behavior until that toxicity starts to kick them in their ass. And now they're looking for the nice and the nice just isn't there because this is what you asked for. Right. And then they wish, oh, I wish I had a nice guy like you. Oh, I wish I had a nice woman like you. No, they, they go for the things that are, are, are fast and fast and furious (laughs) that are, are fast and bad for them. Um, only to turn around and, and regret that they didn't pick up on I just I like I would love to do a round table with I don't even know who but to kind of dig down and figure out why it is that people like toxic even though they say that they don't toxic is more appealing and more of a draw than and and you see it all the time with like the memes where you know like for the women you know the the guy would be like you know I have a criminal record I have five baby mothers and she's like okay let me come with you so I can get pregnant you know um or the, you know, the, the, the guys that, you know, the, the woman, she doesn't cook, she doesn't clean, her house is nasty, she doesn't raise her kids, but her body is banging because, you know, she went to Dr. Miami, you know, come let me breed you again so you can have my youth, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to know why people... Isn't it the excitement of it? Like, what? So, my, my thinking, well, and even my logic for myself... I don't need a woman who cooks and cleans because I can do that myself. Does that mean that I necessarily want somebody who has nothing else to offer? No, but I think you know if if you're somebody. So so if you can't cook, cook and clean, then something else has got to be really dope. Like don't be totally substanceless if I can use that. Like have something to bring. I don't need you to bring what my grandmother brought to her table, but bring something. <laughs> but what if the bringing is just sex? What if the bringing is just a good body? What if the bringing is just that social media personality and there isn't anything else behind it? So like you said, like, you know, the theme of this, this discussion is people who present themselves in a particular type of way. So all you ever see is like, you know, all these wonderful qualities. But then when you actually start to talk to her and start to dig down into who she is and her personality, she's not shit. And all she has is that face that she puts on. Then what? So 
I, I look at that two ways from both seats as the person on the receiving end of that am I doing everything else like does that do I get tired of being the only person in the house that cooks am I tired of always cleaning am I tired of you know just getting sex from you can I get a break and on the opposite end as the person who's the giver do I at any point feel like a over sexualized slave like do I get tired of just fucking as the only thing that I offer because we see that a lot <laughs> we see that a lot with women who are um you know, athletes' wives and actors' wives who have the spotlight by themselves until his career is over. Now you got to find something to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's cool that you are that you offer nothing because he don't need nothing from you. He has millions of dollars. He's always on the go. He's always busy. Now y'all are forced to be home together all the time. What else do you have? So then. So you would, I don't want to say settle, you would be okay with the the outward persona if you were okay, like if you could, if you did everything else yourself. So that, does that mean that she doesn't have to have substance? So I think you got to have an open mind. Like I, if you physically could come with the, you physically could come with, because let's face it, a lot of women nowadays can't cook a fucking pot of rice. But it's not a bad thing that you can't cook when you first meet me in my you know in my opinion because you know it, 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 what we know and what what traits we have vary based on a lot of different things for people in the south I think it would just be based on your upbringing we all had either grandma or mama that can fry up something so we should know something but if if I meet you and you and you can't cook but you're not willing to learn how to cook and we have kids and I'm the one working. So now set kids got to wait till I get home to that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Like for me, I just need you to have the mindset to want to still make shit happen. So if that means you're not on YouTube or you're not on Google and you're at least trying, I can work with that. I can't deal with the lazy shit. Like, all right, well, daddy's not here yet. So let's just wait till he gets here. Okay, but hold on, hold on. Let's let's wheel, let's wheel back for a minute. If you've gotten to the point of having children, you have already accepted that she can't do shit. Have I though? How could you not? So are we uh, are we not always learning shit on the fly? Yes, but if she hasn't been able to cook in all this time, and now you have youths, you have picnic. That means she's still not able to cook. <laughs> that means the entire time that you were together and making them babies, she still couldn't cook. So that's on you then. That that you, At that point, you can't dash her away. You can't say, okay, well, I'm not okay with this anymore. You accepted that. Hello, hi. She's pregnant for nine months. You know, the nine months where she's pregnant, she not cook. Sorry. <laughs> but... It, if I'm okay with it's okay, it's okay. This is, this, this is what I mean also. And this is why I say like, what's your time threshold on how long you are okay doing it? Because we all know there's that puppy love phase where we allow things that we won't allow 10 years from now. Like we're cool with it for the first year, maybe two, if you're lucky. Then after that, you know, I'm tired. My feet hurt today. I worked all day. Like then it's, 
everything that you probably could have said from day one, now you're saying it. That's why I said over time, are, are you trying to learn? Or is it that you just literally just wait for the person to do their job? But what if they're not trying to learn? What if what if they say to you, so it's me and you know, and I say to you, mom, baby, I've been like this the entire time we've been together. We got two kids. I was like this when we met. I was like this when we were fucking. I was like this when we dated. How are you expecting me to change now? You didn't have a problem with it before. So why is it a problem now? So this is where, this is where every, everybody should have a, a, a list of, I want to say 50 questions. And in those questions somewhere, should be a question that helps you to understand how they think. Gotta be this in, is in the dating stage. Say again. This is in the dating stage. Absolutely. Like okay. exchange numbers. Get those questions flying and not not no fucking what's your favorite color. Like no, that's you know, <laughs> I can figure out your favorite color by going on the place with you. I can see what you wear all the time. That's your color. Can, can you cook? All right, cool. If you can't cook, what's your mindset behind not being able to cook? Are you trying to learn? Are you always eating fast food? Can you wash clothes? Do you know how to separate clothes? If not, do you want to learn? Like, I, I, I don't... Because, okay, so let's flip it because we we love to get on women who can't cook. Let's flip it to the men who can't do shit around the house. He has no fucking house mechanical skills at all. Can't, they can't change a light bulb. <laughs> like, simple shit, right? Are you killing him because he can't do it when you first meet him? Or are you mad because he won't YouTube and be a deep, deep DIY man at some point? Okay. Uh, fair enough. So, but going back to... Okay. <laughs> Suppose now, I'll give you like a totally wild scenario. We'll, we'll talk about the, the men... Who doesn't have any 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 um, house upkeeping skills? Yeah. Now, suppose for some reason, this man has presented himself on social media as a handyman. Ooh. Okay? okay. You see him with his little tool belt. You see him with his little hammer. You see him beside a porch where he's trying to you know fake the funk, like oh you know just finished building, building up the backyard, Ooh. knowing well and good that it's his friend's house and his friend did all the work or whatever it is so he's presented himself as being a handyman okay and that's attractive to me i'm dating this man now i haven't had any reason in the first year that we've been together to require his handyman skills but a year, but a year into loving him a year into being stroked and choked and loved up on and all the good things that you, you put in your your your, your, your pin tweets okay. a year into all of that stuff now Something breaks in my house and I say, babe, can you come fix this for me? And he stalls and he says, you know, oh, let me just call a contractor because I'm busy. And you're like, okay, cool. No problem. And then the next time something breaks, you say, babe, can you come fix this? And he gives you another song and dance. By the third time something breaks down, you say, babe, can you come fix this? Now you're starting to catch on to the fact that he's giving you the runaround and maybe he can't actually do shit. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to wait until you come for it to be done because it's not urgent. Okay. Um, easy. So that person. Same uh, like with the cooking, right? 
Let's be, another scene. No, but like the cooking. So every time you go to her house, food is already made by the time you get there. You don't know that she's ordering food and dashing away the containers and putting things in pots to make it seem like she can cook. Because y'all don't live together. But when you go there, food is already food is made. Leftovers are always in the fridge. There's always something to eat. Hmm. At this point now, you're emotionally invested. Time, love, sweat, semen, comp, like everything has been invested. You're in it. How do you then decide that you're not going to do this anymore because the person is not who they presented themselves to be? I want to back up and, and insert right here at the beginning. I don't need to live with you to figure out how some things would be. Now, there are some things you're not going to be able to see, like your 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 bill, your reaction to bills, and and you know when things don't go right. Sure, but light bulbs go out. You know, t- uh, uh, toilets get um, stopped up. You know, pipes bust. There are many situations where you could have caught him over before that year is in. Like, I mean, I just feel like it. Not saying all men should be obligated to do it, but at least see if that's what he can do. Like that's your whole that that's your man. You can't call him. You know, like yeah, I'm hungry. I can't call you to give me a quick play together. Like, what are we doing? If that's not the case, so for the man side, I'm gonna go as far as to give this whole thing. I don't mind the guy who's paying the contractor to fix everything. Because that's my other thing is, if you can't do it, pay somebody who can. Make enough money to pay somebody who can. But Mm -hmm. while that man is in there fixing up the hot water heater, please have your ass somewhere near him asking questions. Because what what is it? You're the same as how mechanics feel about women at an auto shop. If not, you're the guy who just pay, 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 pay. And you have no knowledge of shit. So that guy can tell you anything. So again, it's still, it's still back to, to, to the mental process of it. If my mindset is only wrapped in the results and not the process, then that, that's a problem for me. You got a guy just all up and through your house, fixing everything, and you have no clue what's going on at all? That's a problem. You completely shifted the track of what we're talking about, though. Wow, okay. <laughs> no, so, the, so I'm at, like, but the person has presented themselves as something that they're not. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I, just for the record, I do agree with you. It's it's like when I go to the mechanic, I try to watch and see what my mechanic is doing so that I have some semblance of what's happening with my vehicle right. so that when I go back to him, I can say X, Y, Z. So, yes, I completely agree on that. Okay. But the, the the base problem or the root problem is that this person has presented themselves as something that they're not for an extended period of time. How do you deal with that? How do you how do you counteract that? How do you say, okay, even if you are emotionally invested and invested on a whole bunch of other different levels, how do you then walk away because the person you realize that the person has lied to you, basically? Red flags. I think so <laughs> I think we've all we are all guilty of seeing red flags early. Before the year's up, and we say, eh, I can buy that. <laughs> human being with an adult 20, 21 year 
who can say that I did not see any red flags and I went along with it. You are lying through your teeth. You saw the red flags, but you were so, you know, oh, but he looks so so handsome. He does this so well. The sex is so good. Like whatever it is that your draw was, you let that override what you saw. Mm. Me personally, I'm at the age now, red flags are my cutoff. Early on, oh yeah. I don't, really? Yeah, no. I don't care how far we are because I, I have I have a piece to protect me. Now you're going to invade that piece because I'm not, because so so. Answer this for me, please. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. <laughs> so when red flags are presented, right, and you've bypassed the first five, now you're at ten. Can you give just? The energy for that tenth one, or are you not going to kill them for all ten that you ever ever have already bypassed? Well, <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so the re- the responsible me, the responsible me, would look at just the last red flag because I chose to ignore the first nine. But the me that doesn't have patience for people and, and fuckery and foolishness, I would crucify you for all 10 and then make you feel bad for the fact that I didn't pay attention. <laughs> you hear that part? I would make you feel bad for the fact that I didn't pay attention to the first nine because I was caught up in trying to make excuses that you were going to do better when I knew damn well that you weren't going to do better. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> <laughs> I just feel like I outed myself in a really bad way. <laughs> do you do you have the type of personality where you would date yourself? Like, if you does that make does that question make sense? Would you would you? Because somebody asked me that, would I date myself? I'm like, absolutely, because I know what I bring to the table, and I know people say that. Oh, you know, they bring the table to the table, or you know, some people, some women think that you know, if they've got good pussy and a good body and can hold a halfway decent conversation, that that's enough. No, there there, there needs to be more, right? Yes. But I I do think that for the depth of my personality, I would absolutely date somebody who was like me, not on no cocky shit, not on no arrogance, not on no ego, mm. but for you. Mr. Mont, Mr. Respectful Creep, <laughs> would you date yourself? Do you have characteristics that you would date or entertain in a relationship? Most of me, yes. The part of me that is, the part of me that has been uprooted, turned and turned by years of exper- experiences is probably where I stop. So. Explain. Uh, so I'm a very, very moody character. Some days I do not want to be bothered at all. Some days I am a, a laughing bundle of joy. I don't know that I can deal with somebody who flips their mood every day. Everything else, absolutely bring it on. The creative, you know, juices, the music, loving, the 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 conversations, yeah. But that moody shit. Like I said, double standard, hypocrite. Yeah, absolutely. I was just about to ask you, sir, <laughs> but you want somebody to deal with that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> 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 so, so I, we're all also guilty of 
suppressing how we feel a lot mm-hmm. while with them and single just so that they can save face. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so I'm at a space now where I say I'm, I'm moody and I'm okay with being moody because I'm tired of telling myself, yeah, I'm having a good day and I'm really not. You know, like right. today is a day where I feel dark and I want to feel dark. It's cool. Because for so many years, I've turned on a light that wasn't really there just so that you can smile. And I'm tired. <laughs> I want to yeah. feel how I feel. Like, I, I love that saying about that it's okay to feel how you feel. Yes. Regardless of what that mood is, you know, it, it may be fuck the world. But if that's how you feel in that moment, live it. We, we we give we give so much light to living your truth to all these other things except ourselves in our you know in our normal non sexualized state. It's okay for the you know the LGBTQ IA plus. There you go. Um, thank you. Um, community to live their truth. You know women who who are rape victims live their truth. Cancer survivors. Okay, great. Why is it always so deep? Why can't we just keep it very surface level? If my emotion that day is that I just want to sit in a bowl, a, a, a bottle, um, a bottled up position like a baby on my bed because I don't feel like shit today. I don't always need to do like the whole Martin Luther King speech, pick me up. Like let, some days, let me sit in that shit. Tomorrow will be a better day, but for today, just let me have that. So how is it that you couldn't date somebody who has that same thought process? Because how do you how do you determine when it's okay for y'all to change position? Like what if we're both having the same day at the same time? Right. It's hard. Like it's like if if you're the if you're if you're my quote unquote, if you're my person that comes to cuddle me and you're the person that, you know, you don't pick me up out of it. You understand where I'm at with it. But if you're the person that that helps me get through it, but now you're down, we are fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all want men to be mind readers and be behavior observers. So even if, so, so it's either Okay, so today I feel away, and I, I know this is my first month with me, but I need him to learn it. If he doesn't already know what's going on, learn that I've shifted. And when I shift, I need this particular response. Great. Today's my day, though. <laughs> right. So how do you say, fuck you, I'm tired too? Just like that. Well, not maybe not the fuck you part, but... <laughs> no, like, like, big and serious. You know what I mean? It's like... I, I, yeah, I think that, I mean, this we're venturing into a whole other realm of conversation, but I think that if the person is your person, you should be able to, excuse me, you should be able to say to them, I, I don't have it to give to you today emotionally. I, I just don't have the support to give to you today because today needs to be about me. I think it's fair to do that. It's, but what, what happens next? How many times does that happen over the course of y'all's year before you start to look at each other with resentment like their other person is selfish. And, and it's a it, it's it's a very um, 
aspect. It has to, to be a balance, no? Yeah. It, it can't just be one per, like it can't be okay you know me and you i'm your cuddler i'm your person i'm usually the more upbeat one out of the two of us and and on the more positive spectrum and i get that you have you know the moods that you go through and, and sometimes you need me a little bit more emotionally than i need you but in those moments where you are having a fucked up day a fucked up week and i come to you and say like i can't do it today today i need this to be about me in, in the greater scheme of things and on the giving spectrum, you have to find that shit, sir, inside of you, especially if I'm the one who's giving the majority of the time and I have no complaints about it. If the one or two times I come to you and say, Mon, I can't do it today. Like I need you to be my cuddler. I need you to be the shoulder where I can cry on or whatever it is. You, you have to dig deep and find that. You can't say to me, okay, well, I'm still in a bad place. I get that. But if I, if 80% of the time I'm the giver and the balancer of emotions, you need to find your, in, in, in your 20, in your 20 bag and give it to me. I'm going to respect that. Cause so if anybody, if anybody were to ask me, I hope people listen to this podcast who find it in, in them to look at my tweets and then come back and say, well, why aren't you with your child's mother? What you just said is why I failed at that. At the 20, the 20%. I failed at, at being supportive when she was down too because I was also down. Okay. Here's the plot twist. She was pregnant. <laughs> oh, throat punch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but again, that goes back to the whole thing about like, you have to be somebody who's open, open and always learning. Because if you're not, you don't catch that at any point and you spend the next decade telling the story of why you're single as if she's the bad person. Yeah. Which for a year, I'm guilty. I did. I was, you know, yeah, I didn't do shit wrong. She fucked us up. But then, you know, time alone, idle time, got me to thinking like, damn, she was pregnant. You know, PTSD is all, that's a whole thing. But you've got to be open. Yes. And you, <laughs> open, um, uh, self-reflective mm-hmm. enough to say, I, and I think I, I think after every, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just all over the place. But <laughs> you're good. You're I good. think there needs to be a point, whether you're the one that left or not. Even if you're a cheat victim, there's got to be a point where you say, "But what could I have done different, if anything?" Mm-hmm. I'm saying that it changes y'all's fate or your y'all's end results, but you walk away to the next person now better than you left the, the last person. Absolutely. I'm afraid to do that too. It's like, no, they cheated on me and you know, they ain't shit and I'm out. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. And, and so, and see, so, so here's, here's your question back to the uh, uh, asshole friend. I'm an asshole friend who says, okay, and that's great. I get that. Was there any part of you that could have done something different? Now, the, the immediate response from women is, oh, so you're taking their side? No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel triggered. But there are, there are, there's always a conversation that could be had, especially after somebody is cheated on. 
we don't, we, most times we're too mad to go back and have that convo, but then we start seeing a cycle of the same shit. Different people, same shit. So what's the common factor? You can't, and we gotta erase this shit. All, all men are cheaters, all men are dogs. Uh, no, no, that's not true. Stop that shit. I don't, I don't ascribe to that at all. Come on. That's, that's a person thing. That's a, that's a people thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not no, gender. <laughs> this women are smarter cheaters than men. I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's like just a really dumb thing to say. You must. I feel like you would get that a lot. Kind of like you know, like I said, based on your on your social media Ooh. and the fact that you know, I could see someone saying to you, "Oh, I would date you, but you look like you don't keep like one woman." Or I would date you, but you look like if you have your woman, you've got like you know, ten side chicks kind of thing. I, I feel like. Yeah. The perception of you. Yeah. Welcome to my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's 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 like the flip side of it. It's like, you know, I'm I'm a we all know I'm a very sexualized person. Right. And I like my skin. I like my skin being outside. I like being, you know, whatever. Um but the misconception that I will walk and fuck anything because I like being naked. Yeah, those two things don't coincide. So, like, I, I get it. It's like you know, you you have all rights to be a sexual being. You have all rights to you know tweet whatever it is that you feel like tweeting of a sexual nature in any way, shape, or form. But that doesn't give anyone the right to come at you sideways and and have these preconceived notions about who you actually are without having an actual um, pre pre contrived conversation with you. Um, you know, it's like. It's like walking into coach and expecting to only see ladies' handbags, not understanding that there's a whole backpack section. They sell keychains, you know, a, a host of other products. Like, stop reading me at the front door. Why don't you walk your ass inside and see what we have? Wow. <laughs> because it, it's, it's like, does me having an OnlyFans, does me being a stripper, does me being even a porn star, does that mean that all I know is sex? That's the assumption. I, I get that every day. That is, I don't get that. <laughs> but, so, but, but but when it all goes back to the the perception, you know what I mean? It's like people get stuck at what they think you are based on your your social media. People before they know you, they think they know you based on your social media. You know, I you know people. Somebody asked me once before, like you know, don't you ever have bad days? Like you're always so cheerful in your in your posts. I'm like the fuck of course i have bad days everybody has bad days then yeah. i go but you're always smiling okay that's what i post on social media that's not my life that's not me that's not what happens you know it's just like i have a whole other name like i have an actual name aj aj's just what everybody calls me but i have an actual name <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like people people get stuck at i think because it's more palatable as well people get stuck uh, on your social media persona or personality and not to say that that's not part of who you are but it's not the breadth of who you are right 
social media. I have to stop using big words because I know sometimes people are listening and they don't understand the words that I said. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not the full scope of who you are. Right. I think people have... Um, social media has created like a world within a world. So it's like, and, and, and I've, I've been a part of, and I'm sure we all have, I've been out in public and somebody who sees me and only knows me as you gotta love mine. Hey, you gotta love mine. That's not my name. That's social media. <laughs> you know, or like, hey, I think we follow each other. Like, you know, and then like make it, like humanize it. Like, you know, what's your name? Like, let's talk. Yeah. Don't reference me like I'm, like I'm Android 16 on the shelf. Like, how does that work? <laughs> because it's, it's more comfortable for for people to yeah. to stay at the level of knowing what they see about you every day to have to change that narrative in their head means that they have to put in work and they have to invest mm-hmm. and a lot of people aren't willing to do that very true so uh words of wisdom before we 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 wrap this up this has been a great conversation fucking hell it's been an hour and a half <laughs> Anything that you want to impart on the people in, in terms of the differences, you know, about who you who you think somebody is versus who they actually are? Conversations are everything. Um, and when I say that, I don't, I don't mean you don't have to go into everybody's profile um, with whatever label they had on their front door as the only segue to everything else like you can literally going in there with the introduction of you know hi my name is works more than we think of especially to my guys they made this own boy they come in with such creep like weird ass intros like just hi my name is so and so would love to get to know you better works more than we think it does it's a normal normal intro it humanizes you know whoever you're talking to so you don't feel like it's just another object on your shelf. And it's it, it's just an easy, easy branch to anywhere you want to go from there. And she's either going to, you know, give you the respectable response or she's, you know, probably read it and keep it moving. Okay, that's fine. Like this. And so there's another thing too. Like I don't think that there's a need to feel rejected because mm-hmm. your, your adult like intro didn't work. Don't change that shit to fit, you know, whatever weird shit somebody else has going on. No, you know, I mean, if you, you know, you want to add a little, add a little, I don't want to call it rats, you want to add a little uh, savagery, as you said, <laughs> in your <laughs> intro. Okay, sure, but don't, but don't make it weird. Yes. You know, keep it, keep it human-like, you know what I mean? Like, so you want to share one of my tweets as your intro into it? Great. Still find your way back to if we were meeting face to face, you wouldn't say to that person what you're saying in their DMs in most cases. So make it like we're in person. I'm much, much more likely to respond and engage in conversation if I feel like you're not handling me Mm. like the the next follower who said some shit similar to mine. Mm. Oh, my goodness. No, but it's true. Humanize the conversation instead of socializing the conversation. Yes. Absolutely. I like that. 
So before before I go, I just want to say like a quick story. It's funny that you said that with the the personal introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like I, I haven't. I, I'm thinking like in the greater scheme of things, I've probably been on social media for maybe about six years. But mm-hmm. I remember. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but whew, Lord. So he was one of the few men who would ever come into my DM and introduced himself right off the bat. He said, "Good afternoon. My name is such and such." Um, I think that you're absolutely beautiful. I would love to, the opportunity to get to know you. This is my number. When you have an opportunity, please give me a call because I would love to talk to you. Miss, uh, <laughs> I called him right away. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. I was like, the f- well, hello to you, sir. It was so completely different than the way that anybody had ever approached me. Because I always get the, hey, beautifuls, what you doing? Yeah. The HR, like, I hate acronyms. When people write HRU and WID and all that fuckery, I can't stand any of that shit. Right. But the way that he, he approached it, you know, and he lived in Albany, so upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, after a month, a month, a month and a half of conversing, oh, I went down there to give him some pussy. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> Mr. Lamont, Mr. Uh, Respectful Creep, <laughs> thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I appreciate it. Um, you definitely gave me some, you know, perspective on the face that you present versus, you know, the social media versus who people are and and the ways that you should, you know, approach people and and having the humanized conversation versus a socialized conversation. Please uh, tell the listeners again who you are, where they can find you, how they can follow you on social media. Y'all need to follow this page. It's, it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's hot over there. <laughs> yeah, I am Lamont, uh, a.k.a. quote-unquote Mr. Fine-ass, uh, respectable creep, um, also known as the Curve Magnet. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at you gotta love Mont. Again, that's you, like the, the letter U, G O T T A L U V M O N T. Also on Instagram at Mr. Fine. S. That it? <laughs> no, you're so abrupt with this. <laughs> yes, anything else. Ah, Pum Pum Posse, this has been the Pum Pum Chronicles. Thank you all for listening. Um, make sure to tune in next week for another great episode. And of course, you all know where you can find me, social media, the Pum Pum Chronicles on Twitter and um, Instagram. And also you can follow my personal page, badass underscore Jones underscore. And everything that you need to know about me and where you can find me is listed on either of my um, pages. And that's a wrap. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.
ain't perfect So much that we've been through Giving up ain't worth it So come back, we get stronger in love I tell you, said the love is that we got it Never normal, it did Send from above You filled up my heart with love Ooh-oh. Nobody ever touched me like you Do woo-woo-woo, so just fall Let's forget it all And baby, make me fall in love once more Can we fall in love like we did before? Can I show you how much I adore you, babe? Come make me go fall in love. Know you love the style, especially the robot. Yeah. <laughs>